0: Shomra Byug. Uh, Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to On Shomra Byug. Welcome back to the tiny digital room. I am the Michael of the podcast, Michael and Benjamin's podcast. And I am joined by the only man for whom a year spent in isolation on Mars would be less lonely than his current existence. It's Benjamin. Oh, that was so grim. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) Hi. Hi. This is literally my only contact um, with the outside world. This is it. This, this is, is
0: ground control to Major Ben. Uh, how are you going?
1: Look, it's, it's a bit grim up here, lads. Um, I generally wear uh, selected home jeans in case the papers want to know whose shirts I wear. Oh, uh, so I good. wear selected home jeans and usually a nice penny shirt. A nice penny shirt.
0: On. Yeah. Um, this podcast
1: isn't sponsored this week, Ben. N- no, isn't it? no, it's never sponsored, Michael. No, never. Um, but if you or anyone you know would like to sponsor the podcast, we're honestly Honestly, with just sponsors, it's grand. It doesn't matter what you sell. Uh, look, let us know. There's loads of different ones. There's um, there's bloody manscaping. They're a big company at the minute. They could sponsor us. Keeps the the yeah. anti male hair loss company. <laughs> they could give us an L. What are you? What are you saying? <laughs> give us an Both of those seem directly aimed at me, Ben. I don't know what um, you're saying here. There's also the Be A Better Co-host,
0: uh, lads, oh, the wow. consulting oh. oh, that's mean. That's cruel. <laughs> Benjamin, you know, people aren't here for the banter, Ben. They're here for the theme music.
1: Oh, are they? Well, it sounds like this. <gasps> theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music.
0: If they're not people often complain about the theme music, Benjamin.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: What's going on out there in the in the greater solar system?
1: There's, there's not a whole lot going on, Michael. But there's there's a little combo, a kind of a a nexus, if you will, Michael, uh, between my interests and yours. There's a new little teaser trailer dropped this week for a new series on Netflix, and it's called The Irregulars, Michael. And it's in reference to the famous uh, Baker Street Irregulars from Victorian myth and Sherlock Holmes Sherlock Holmes
0: yeah
1: but uh, Michael I'm sure you've asked yourself many times but what if Michael what if the Baker Street Irregulars were just a crew of supernatural hunters out to save London from an eldritch horror
0: oh I think I've seen that yeah have they not done that before
1: they probably have Michael I, I nothing's original anymore Michael everything is cyclical and we're just going through phases of different content at this point isn't that Penny dreadful it is Penny Dreadful. You're right, Michael. You're right. It's the show Penny Dreadful.
0: So it have Vanessa Penny. Ives in it.
1: I, I hope so. Hello, um, I'm Vanessa Ives. I hope so. Vanessa Ives is easily one of my favorite fictional demonic things. Hello, um, I'm very sexy, but very also evil. Also unnerving, and unnerving, and sexy is what I'm into, Michael. That's as what you know. you're into, Ben. As as that's you know. what you're into. Yeah.
0: Um, the more uncomfortable you are, the 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 bigger the horn. <laughs> Uh sometimes Ben I wonder should we just do this off the cuff or should we like write down <laughs> a little bit? Because one of the problems with doing things off the cuff is sometimes you back yourself into a corner and you have to say <laughs> something like that.
1: That's the worst joke you've ever made on this
0: Yeah, podcast. I know. That's what I'm saying, that's kinda of my point. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right, so anyway, the Baker Street Irregulars. <laughs> yes, the Baker Street Who's Irregulars. giving them the horn, Ben? <laughs>
1: Demons. Um, Demons. And, uh, yeah, basically, it's it, the Baker Street Irregulars are a little crew that Sherlock Holmes uses, a little network of street urchins, Michael, mm. that Sherlock Holmes uses for information collecting purposes. Now, Sherlock Holmes doesn't seem to be in this. In we, We've received two pieces of news. One is uh, the teaser trailer. Overall, yep. kind of giving you the. And a little mini scene between who seems to be John Watson and a, a girl that he's trying to recruit into the Irregulars. Now, the implication, Michael, is that Sherlock Holmes isn't around. So has he been kidnapped by the Eldritches? Has oh. he been murdered by the Eldritches? Or, Michael, is he possessed by the Eldritches? Or is, is he that in what's on it Ben? On? Is he, in, he, on he it. in on it? Sherlock Holmes turned to the side of the demons, hmm? hmm? Blenjamin, hmm? is this an American or a British production? Uh, it seems to be a British production, Michael. Everybody has a nice British accent. I'm sure there's okay, going very to be It's very, uh, very diverse uh, crew, Michael. I'm sure Reddit is about to bristle with hatred because John Watson is played by a, a young black man. Oh, um, they won't like that on they the They won't Reddit. like that, Michael. They won't like that. So well, you know I'm, what I say,
0: Ben. Good enough for them.
1: <laughs> It'll be grand. So that was, that was one little bit of news, Michael, is that we have uh, Eldridge horrors all over the place. In London and in London town and they're going to take it out. Look be Ben, to... we'll probably give it a watch, but sometimes with shows we say we're going to give it a watch and then
0: we forget to give it a watch. I forgot to watch The Stand. Did you watch any of The Stand? I didn't watch any of The Stand, Michael. I forgot None to watch it... it, Ben. None of The Stand have I watched. We did a whole episode about it, Ben, and then completely forgot to watch it. We've never watched The Stand. Not even a minute
1: of it. Not one second of The Stand even though... have I watched.
0: My understanding is uh, Stellan Skarsgård's stun gets in the nude Oh good Good. That's what um, I look
1: for in a Stephen King adaptation Michael Yeah if one of the Skarsgårds are going to be in the nude I was bitterly disappointed by it Yeah because he He keeps his weird cloud
0: costume on all the time The whole time except when he's uh, other things Benjamin Yes There's been another trailer for this year's least exciting project (laughs) Go on (laughs) Zack Snyder's Justice Box Have you seen
1: it? Got him. Well done. I haven't him. I've, nailed I've already lost interest in Zack Schneider's Justice Box.
0: So I'm calling it Justice Box, Ben, because the latest trailer is a minute and a half trailer of the Mother Boxes floating around in a kind of grey smoke. Oh, yeah. Depic- depicting scenes of all of your favourite heroes who are in this, uh, while Tom Waits' song Time plays in the background.
1: Oh, wow. Well, is- you know, Tom Waits played such a crucial role in the Justice League film, and the mother boxes are everybody's favourite part of the DC Cinematic Universe. Everybody's
0: favourite part. Everybody loved the mother boxes. They were like, if only there was more 90 seconds of the mother boxes slowly revolving while a a slow-paced dramatic song played, then we'd know this was a Zack Snyder project.
1: So it's nice that Zack Snyder is giving them the time um, that fans want them to have. You know, that's that's great. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Zack
0: Snyder really is a self-parody, isn't he? I mean, Uh. well... We say that. We don't know how much input Zack Snyder had in this silly trailer. Uh,
1: I mean, it's probably a marketing move. I I feel like Zack Snyder is the kind of guy who... It, it it Michael, not to do you a disservice, but the level of enthusiasm that you have for different projects is probably yes. comparable to what Zack Snyder can feel. The only difference right. is Zack Snyder yes. is then given a budget with which to attain and use yes. his enthusiasm. And I think... More is to the shame of the universe that we don't get to see more of your ideas brought to fruition, Michael, through your yes. sheer unbridled enthusiasm and yes. wild, wild vision boards. That you Yes, keep. wild. You should see them. Um, but unfortunately, someone has seen fit to give Zack Schneider a budget. And so we have to look <laughs> at his vision boards all the fucking time. I like Zack Schneider,
0: Ben. And I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend it because you're a son of a bitch. But I liked Watchmen. I liked, I really liked Watchmen. It's a great film, and it is aging incredibly well.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
0: I challenge you to go back and watch Watchmen again, and you'll say, "Wow, that was ahead of its time. They really did a good job there."
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a very mm. good film. It is. Yeah, no, oh, it's great. The only,
0: the only criticism I have about the film Watchmen by Zachary Snyder is <laughs> that. Um, Ozymandias is too obviously
1: the baddie. Yeah, well, he telegraphs it from about 18 miles out. He's like,
0: hello, I'm Matthew Poole. Is that my name? I'm the
1: baddie. Yeah, noted Irish actor. Um, I've forgotten his name. Ozymandias. I can't remember. We did an episode on him. It's back there in the archives. Uh, Michael, did you call him Snack? Uh, Schneider there a second ago.
0: No, I didn't, but we can if you want.
1: Because he's we a tasty little that. treat and you quite he's, enjoy his work. Mm. Yeah, he's a, snack. He's snack a tasty Schneider. Snack, snacky snacky Schneider. Mm. Look at you getting down with the kids lingo. What a snack. I know.
0: I know what's going on. Yeah,
1: You do, you do. You've got your finger on the pulse. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Zack Schneider is probably a bit of a parody of himself at this point. Um, I'll do it all in CGI and I'll... Uh, and I'll do it all in slow motion. That's what people want. That's slow people motion and want.
0: dramatic music, Ben.
1: Yeah, with weird lighting effects that illuminate everything for split seconds. Look, he's been doing the same shtick since 300, Michael. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's what we've got going on. And that's fine. I enjoyed 300 very much when I was a 15-year-old young man. I thought it was very entertaining. Um, have watched it since. Oops, I guess you know we could Wait, say. I
0: mean, I mean, no. I mean,
1: what's the oops of 300? It's just bizarre. That yes, it got bizarre. made into it's, a film. It's bizarre films.
0: It's very bizarre. It's a bit misogynistic, it's a bit racist. Oh,
1: I think you're being a bit a,
0: kind. Um, it's a little bit uh gross and horrible. But yeah. I mean stylistically it's wow.
1: Wow, Ben. Yeah, there's you know
0: there's a turning point in cinema.
1: Yeah, sure. Turning point I for mean, six packs. I yeah, yeah. don't think, think six packs. I don't think the snake oil fitness industry would be what it is today. Without yeah. the crippling body comparison that comes with looking at Jared Butler's abs.
0: Yeah, well, Benjamin, it's about time it happened to men because women have been dealing with it since the forties. Ah,
1: that a boy, that a boy, Mick. I tell you, three hundred might be a little bit misogynistic. You know what isn't? Bloody mix you, half of the shame podcast. my half the
0: Ben, three hundred is the reason I have either, depending on the time of year, abs or debilitating body shame. <laughs>
1: Uh, um, how do you get one half without the debilitating body shame? Can you no, write no, that no. to me after the, no, the show? No, no. Just
0: keep watching 300, Ben. Keep watching 300 and crying. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Benjamin! <laughs> Speaking of televisual <laughs> programs. Yeah, yeah. The audacity. The, the chutzpah, Michael. The sheer cojones, Ben, of the television series Marvel's One Division.
1: What? In Christ's name, are those lads at the audacity, huh? Ben? The, now, the, the oh, Michael, the the balls on them,
0: the balls on them, Ben. They've balls on them like brass monkeys, Benjamin. Now, this the name of this segment is the audacity,
1: but I would say that this episode was one of the less audacious ones. Yeah, it it's gone firmly into Marvel Cinematic Universe territory now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, now it's uh, now it's like a film. Do, do you know how I knew that, Michael, from the very opening scene? Spoilers, by the way. For Spoilers for
0: One Division, One Division
1: episode 8. Yes. Uh, the, audacity. The, the audacity. The moment I realised that, Michael, was watching the Agatha Harkness trial scene and all it was was glowy blue lights and purple glowy, lights for Glowy five blue minutes. lights. Yeah. And, and I was like, there it is. There's Kevin and, Feige. <laughs> there and much is. cheaper sets. <laughs> there he is. Um, glowing purple lights in a dark room. There we yeah. go. Um yeah, Agatha Harkness just leans into it, Catherine Hans just like, I'm gonna play a kitsch. I'm gonna play a kitsch and sassy and ha
0: <laughs> Well the interesting thing Ben, for me about Agatha yeah. is that although she's a little bit villainous,
1: she's not the villain. No, she's not. She's uh she's an interloper, Michael. Yeah, she's an opportunist. Um I think that made me much happier. I was really afraid at the end of episode seven that they were going to make it all Agatha's plan. Mm-hmm. And that was gonna kinda of strip away some of the cool threat that Wanda represents to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But do you now- mean, wh- Do you mean Wanda Ben or do you mean the Scarlet Witch? Oh Dan Dan <laughs> oh. Um Have they really never said her name in the Marvel yeah, Cinematic? Yeah, no, they've never Universe?
0: said her name. Remember even a few episodes ago, Ben, they said uh that's it, we just call her Wanda, no cool nickname, no oh. no colourful alter ego. I didn't know that, Michael. I yeah, had well, assumed it was said somewhere. No, well, they never called Pietro Quicksilver either.
1: No, I suppose they didn't. I suppose Because,
0: they- a- allegedly, Ben, part of the Fox deal was that they didn't get the names. Gas. They got the characters and the powers, but not the names. Gas. Gas. Um, absolutely gas.
1: It, Michael, that's one of the, the great disappointments of Episode 8 for me, Michael. is it just a fake Pietro. There's no... Just a-
0: well, well, Ben, well, is he? Like, he's out there. He has Monica. It's true. He has Monica Rambeau. He has Monica
1: Rambeau. Ben,
0: how are they going to wrap this up in 20 minutes?
1: They're not. They're going <laughs> to... They're not. How? Um, I think we're going to get a big teaser for whatever movie is next on the slate or whatever movie's coming close enough to it. Ma- Ma- Stephen Strange? I. It's Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's Doctor Strange 2. It has Universe to but, but the big cameo that everyone's hinting at, Michael, it, it's... Yeah. It's it's Cumberbuns, isn't it? Like it's. I don't know.
0: I well, I mean, people are saying that this big cameo that everyone's hinting at came from an interview with Paul Bethany, where Paul Bethany said, "This is someone I've admired all my life. I've always wanted to work with them. We had great chemistry together. We had some amazing." It's him. He's talking about himself. Oh, he's
1: ah oh, Paul Bethany. He's doing a little
0: joke. It's very Paul a, Bethany of him. Yeah, he's a kind of little funny British man who's married to uh, Jennifer Connelly.
1: He is the love of his life, apparently, since he was yeah. but a wee lad. Yes. Because she was a teen star, Ben, and he wasn't. And he wasn't. But he became a male star, Michael. He became an adult star. Not that kind of adult star.
0: (laughs) The the biggest reveal of this episode is uh, your favorite
1: character in all of comics, White Vision. Yes, he's pretty much the top of my what superhero do I want to see on screen list. White Vision.
0: White Vision. Vision. Benjamin. So I grew up, as you know, Benjamin, in the 1980s. Yes. And I believe that in the 1980s, that's when white vision was in the comics. He was. Because the vision that I grew up with, Ben, was white vision. What? Exactly, Ben. That's madness. So when I saw this multicoloured vision in the comic books years later, I was like, who the hell is this guy? What the fuck is this? Why is this guy? This is not vision. Vision is kind of a pale, pasty, beige colour. And then you
1: took to Twitter with the hashtag not my vision. Not my vision. Yeah. Hashtag whitewashing. (laughs) Oh fuck! Uh, my way. Can we call them? Uh,
0: can we call them white vision and person of colors vision? Because he's many different colors.
1: It's better than ethnic vision. Yeah, uh. yeah, oh. Don't go there, Ben. That's not good. What's your step? Uh, we're already too close. We're already too close. Uh, Michael, we got introduced to the concept very uh, at our in our mid credits uh, mm-hmm. po- mid credit scene. We got introduced to Paul Bethany um, after falling into a vat of talcum powder. Very and good. Wh- what we got there, Michael, is a throwback to a 1989 introduction from John Byrne, who oh, people I know. know from the Canadian X-Men. I guess Wolverine. Uh, yeah, people know him from the X-Men primarily, but he did a he did a quite a quite a stint, Michael, on the West Coast Avengers. Not the old um, WCA. Yeah, the old WCA. So the West Coast Avengers was a little. Uh, a little mixy-matchy sideline Avengers team. Um, it had good old Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. It had a Tigra. Oh, yeah, she's a sexy lady. It had a Wonder Man who is like... Oh, he's a sexy man. Marvel's most popular um, superhero, Wonder Man. Yes. Um, and it had a Scarlet Witch and a Vision. I'm, not, I'm familiar with all of those characters. I think I'm missing one or two. But anyway, what happens is, Michael, is very similar to the plot of, of WandaVision that we've been looking at. The uh, A coalition of secret services across the, the Marvel world join together and agree that Vision, as a sentient weapon, is just a big bloody nuclear bomb waiting to go off that can right. pink for itself. And they're like, oh, I don't love that. Good. Um, okay. And so they dismantle him. Oh, isn't no. great. Not great, Michael. Not great. Wanda, this is kind of the beginning of the end for the, the Scarlet Witch in terms of sanity. Um, this is the, the event that really kicks off her mental health spiral. You're Right. Which continues and to this very day. Which continues to this very day, Michael. She's still just a little bit uh, not doing the best. Yeah. I and was going to happens- say,
0: why is it always female characters who that happens to? But I suppose um, there's also a Legion. He's as mad as a box of bricks.
1: It's not quite in the same way, is it? Legion is mad as a box of bricks and all powerful and respected because of that, whereas Wanda is a hysterical woman in that run. Mm, mm, Um, Not ideal. Suboptimal. And the L hysterical woman trope, Michael, goes all the way back to uh, rich, wealthy Victorian businessmen who didn't like their wives much anymore, so they paid their doctor friend to write them a prescription for hysteria and got them locked in the attic.
0: Yeah. Now, having said that, Ben, I'm sure some of them were
1: actually mad as well. Oh, no, absolutely, Michael. But, you know, one madness does not a whole gender make. Anyway, they disassembled Vision. Uh, they disassembled Vision, Michael. Um, Scarlet Witch tracks him down. He yes. gets reassembled. Hank Pym steps in. And Hank Pym is the original creator in the comic book uh, universe. And he says, oh, I'll, I'll fix him. I'll fix yes. him. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll sort it out. But Michael... Michael, mm. there's a there's a fascinating issue of consent in 1989's Vision Quest storyline, and that is that uh, Wonderman Simon Harris. No, is it Simon Harris? No, that's, that's the minister, minister for health. For ben, health that's the minister for health. Simon Harris. Uh, it's Simon something. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Simon you know, but anyway, he I can't was think because the... that's so
0: ridiculous. <laughs> you spin your wheels there. I'll check here um, on my Marvel encyclopedia. <laughs>
1: So in the same way that the MCU know, though, universe, Michael, we we all should, but I've thrown you off with Simon Harris. Simon, it's not your fault.
0: You carry on. I'll, I'll look up my encyclopedia.
1: Anyway, so uh, in the same way that Bruce Banner, Tony Stark, and some other scientists use their brainwaves to map out Vision's personality in the MCU, uh, Williams. Hank Pym used Simon Williams. Wonder Man's... Williams. Hank Pym used Simon Williams. Uh, brain patterns to program the original vision and he doesn't opt to allow it again oh Um, he won't give his memories the second time It's like knock it off I'm not the Edgar Scarlet is which is like oh yeah big bloody prick Yeah, and he's like well it is my entire personality being given to somebody else that's kind of weird yeah I'd be alright with that so there's a little bit you would, Michael. You'd keep it in your closet with your vision boards, mm. um, and you take it out occasionally when you wanted to bounce ideas off yourself. Yeah, very um, good. but yeah. So in in that particular case, he won't be rebuilt, but he is. His body is rebuilt, Michael. But then he's bloody an emotionless android with no memory of one No, no I say she's very disappointed by that. It's no no good. It's, it's heartbreaking for her, Michael. What follows on from there is Agatha Harkness turning up, Michael, telling her that her twins are fragments of Mephisto. No, oh. and. Um, Michael I read those issues they are bizarre there's yes. a demon in hell that bonds the twins to his hands so he can wield the power of Mephisto mm. but they don't turn into hands they are the upper body of two twins just morphed into his hands oh, stuff gross. of nightmares Michael. horrible stuff of nightmares anyway that's the kind of origin of white vision Michael Um and just you know, there's an interesting period. Not until 1994, Michael, does he regain his multicolored costume and five persona. years, five years, Michael, which is a long time in comic long book time. time in comics. Michael.
0: Just in time for the video game Captain America and the Avengers to come out.
1: Almost perfectly Captain timed, Captain America Michael, to give us a more and the Avengers. Character. Yeah, almost perfectly timed to give us a colorful kind of costume change. Benjamin. Option. Um, yeah.
0: And does White Vision have the same powers as normal Vision, or does he have a kind of special white power?
1: Not touching that one, Michael. <laughs> is he an
0: alt racist band? Is what I'm wondering. Is you he, asked he an alt racist? He have white privilege.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, in in the sense of in the sense of he's probably a more effective crime fighting machine without emotion and personality. In that he's very calculated and efficient in his oh, task. Like robot cop, like robot cop. Yeah. Um, but poor Wanda's having a terrible time as her husband is walking around next to her and being like, "I still don't know you. Sorry."
0: Yeah, what's going on?
1: Don't know. Still no clue who you are. Sorry. And he doesn't react half as badly to losing the twins because he doesn't have any emotions. He doesn't have any so emotions like, or memories. So Agatha Harkness is like, they're demon babies. And he's like, oh, well, that's not good. Yeah, we should probably kill them. We should probably get rid of them. Why would we demons. go to hell to get them back, Wanda? Because they're our children, Viz. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but also demons.
0: Yeah. Now, Ben, I have a criticism of last week's episodes, And it was the introduction of a bit of reticonic.
1: Yes, there was. Go on.
0: A bit of retconning Ben, that she's been a mutant all along, Ben.
1: No. Although they didn't
0: say mutant, Ben, they said no, a, a witch. But they, she, yeah, she's been a witch all along. She so she's a witch. She's been a witch all along, Ben. But yeah. she had a latent some unexplained connection to magic, which would have died off if she hadn't received training.
1: Withered on the vine is Agatha. Withered Hart, on the sense. vine.
0: But, Ben, that Mindstone activated slash heightened slash released her powers rather than giving her powers yeah that's mad isn't it it is mad but luckily I think it's well covered because they were the only two who survived Mm -hmm. and they never explained a reason for that and now they've given us one they're
1: mutants possibly
0: both of them Uh, possibly or maybe just her and she's also the reason that Pietro survived
1: yes Maybe she, I, apparently she had a she had a she she used a probability hex according to Agatha Harkness. Yeah. Um, so they're back, Ben. That's how she survived the Stark bomb. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? Now, Michael, I, I'd like to telegraph my predictions for next week's episode purely right. because we've been accused before of not telegraphing our things enough by one yeah. guest star who made me feel like rubbish, Michael. Yeah. Well, In look, me- that's
0: easy enough, Ben. You're frail. I
1: am. I am very paper-like. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You sold um, your GME stocks. I did because I didn't ape like the rest yeah. of the Hashtag pay for like hands. the rest of the yeah. Look, anyway, um, Michael. Obviously, we're going to have a Vision versus Vision showdown. I wouldn't say that's obvious. Uh, we're going well. Okay, let me let me put it this way. It would seem, Michael, that when Wanda was being experimented on, the Mind Stone imbued itself or, or imbued her with a little bit of its own power. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of signified by we, we get to see just how powerful this illusion is that um w- you know Wanda has created. Or not an illusion. Um no, how, it's not an illusion, she's yeah, altering
0: reality. That's
1: the interesting thing. She's altering thing. reality. Um and one of the interesting things about that, Michael, is that the director bloody framed her, first of all. She didn't take Visions body. She didn't take him at all. Yeah, she gave it an L she gave it an L scan with her bloody witch powers and she was mm-hmm. like, No, you can't feel you, you're not there. Okay. Let's bloody make sense of that. But then she creates her own version, Michael. And we can see when that happens that he comes out in kind of a yellow light which is attached to the mindstone. Yeah. Um so has she always carried the imprint of vision within her because of her experience with the mind stone? Did yeah. the mind stone brand the second time? She tried to pull it out of his head for him. Yeah. Um, has she
0: recreated the mind stone, Ben, in this act? And therefore, yeah. could she also create the other stones, or are the stones, as opposed to what Thanos thought, not destroyable? Well, maybe perhaps reform? they find
1: yeah, they find a, a, a somewhere to squirrel themselves away for a rainy day, Michael, until yeah, another, just, exactly. you know, universe despot decides to bloody wipe out half the the universe. Um, one of the more interesting things, Michael, is um, is is the the manifestation of vision within the. The, the big one that I have, Michael, is, is the manifestation of Vision in Westview going to inhabit the body of White Vision by the end of this episode Don't and know. thus lose the ability for emotional capacity and still give us a tragic ending for Wanda yeah. and Vision.
0: Don't know, Ben. Don't know. Don't know where it's going to go. And how That's are they going to do it all in 20 minutes?
1: Uh, Yeah, because I, I, to be honest, twenty minutes of screen time and forty minutes of credits. Michael, I I might just flip my shit. Yeah, it'd be too much. And Ben, how are they going to do all this and resolve the Pietro storyline and
0: resolve the Agnes storyline and resolve the one, the Monica storyline? Mephisto. How are they going (laughs) to? Anyway, Ben, look what's going on on Mars
1: these days. Uh, Mephisto. Um, Mephisto, yeah, exactly. Michael, uh, we got some big news, Michael. We we got some some big old news. Yes, cool. And that was that uh, NASA's recent mission with a new rover, a new yeah. Mars rover, was very, very successful. We're getting lots and lots of pictures of Mars. Well, not lots of pictures. We're getting a few pictures of Mars, Michael. Um, And look, it's a big space rock, isn't it? Big space rock. That's what it is, yeah. It's a big space rock, Michael. Um. Yeah. But that prompted you, Michael, in in celebration of science and logic and you know uh, Victorian imperialism that you quite enjoy, Michael. <laughs> you decided to do an episode dedicated to just how important is Mars and stories and stuff.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And Ben, I think we have yeah. discovered over the last few, at uh, the last week of research, this is the most episode. Uh, this is, I think, this is the most research I've ever done for an episode. Not because, be. yeah, because it just. First of all, it's a massive topic, Ben. Much more massive than probably we were ready for. Huge, huge, enormous, Ben. Genormous. All you need to do is look up a Wikipedia article for Mars in fiction. Yeah, and get lost. Ben, you could do a weekly podcast on Mars in fiction for the rest of your life and not run out of material.
1: Yeah. So join us next week on our brand new podcast Planet Bug where we'll be taking a look at uh, all things Mars. And very interesting Ben because Mars is
0: quite a small planet and uh, you know I see you've done a little joke there calling it Planet Bug but it is half the diameter of Earth Ben so you know Is it? Yeah yeah it's pretty small. Why did I think Mars was bigger than us? No no Mars is pretty small it's a little small fella Ben.
1: Gosh, there! Are, I'm so, i I'm, an I'm awful dunce, Michael. You're Go so
0: ahead. behind the times on your Mars information Ben. How do you Mar- put up with me? I, uh, it's a do do long it? and trying process. So, Ben, yeah. what, it's also Ben, the surface area of Mars is approximately equal to the land area of Earth, believe it or not. Oh, get out of town. Yeah, 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 because it doesn't have oceans, you see. Oh,
1: well, look at us.
0: Yeah, yeah, look yeah. Look at us. So, twins. Benjamin. Landmass Be- twins. Exactly. So, Benjamin, because. Um, This could be an entire series of podcasts in itself. Today, we're going to be taking a look at Mars in fiction, but in very broad strokes.
1: Big old broad strokes, Michael. Yes, like you having a wank with your big flat hands. Again, Michael, this is probably why we should plan some of these jokes out.
0: (laughs) I thought that was a good one, though. (laughs) Big big flat (laughs) hands. That might be... Old flat hands colopy, they call you. Okay. Hands wider than they are
1: long. Yeah, Okay. (laughs) You know the really sad part is that I would yeah. ask you to edit out but I know you won't so <laughs> I won't, I gonna no I'm going to leave it breath. in I'm going to leave it in Big wide
0: hands Great at waving Great at waving That was my first f- job You'll make that a fine a professional pope professional waver Make a fine pope one day Benjamin So anyway Let's talk about Mars um, So Ben you tell us about the mythological Mars very quickly.
1: So Mars is the god of war in Roman mythology, Michael. And mm. the planets, all the planets, well, yeah, no, all the planets are named after the Roman Let's equipment. call them the classical planets. The classical planets, Michael, um, are named after the Roman um, pantheon, which right. is loosely based on the Greek pantheon. Yes Uh, Not loosely Closely based on The Greek pantheon With different names And Mars is the the God of war He's a a big old dickhead Michael (laughs) He's no use He's no use He loves He loves to stir the pot Um, He's the lad In the corner of the party Who's sitting there going Do you know who Sharon slept with Do you know who Sharon slept with Tom And do you know who Tom is dating Sharon's sister Do you know who doesn't know They slept together Sharon's sister uh, He's the guy Stirring the pot Michael in the corner Because he just Wants a little bit Of conflict he Wants a little bit Of spice And he's no good Michael um, But that's what He's named after Big old god of war
0: And that's probably Why Ben Most of the early Depictions of Mars In fiction Were about warlike Planets
1: yeah, It's very bar- barbaric Very barbaric
0: Michael They're always Barbaric Aggressive Invaders You know All yeah. of that
1: bad shit It's not great Michael It's not great no. Bad you planet You you wouldn't want to be Now Michael Back in the day You know Listening to a radio broadcast And then you hear that Martians are attacking Because you'd be like Oh no they're bad eggs Because they yeah, come from Mars. The god of war's planet Exactly And then
0: Apparently that's because Of the red The red colour
1: Because it's a big Old aggressive red
0: Yeah Like blood um, And that Makes a lot of sense Yeah Well I mean It doesn't really does it Because they were They were ancient people Looking at the sky And thinking That's probably a god is
1: it I'd say it yeah. probably is Is it I still do that sometimes when I yeah, go to the back go garden and see something I can't explain and you'll be like that might be a god that's probably a um, god isn't it that's why I treat my dog so well because um, I go out in the back garden and look at things and, and think that's the worst joke I've ever made Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're both <laughs> I'll tell you what right I'll leave that
0: joke in but then I'll also leave in the broad hands joke <laughs>
1: Oh, we're just in a race to the bottom, ladies and gentlemen. A so race the listeners to the bottom.
0: So will now have heard both of those jokes, which should have been cut out. But we're leaving them in because they're one for one now, bad jokes. So, Benjamin. <laughs> Go on. In the early days, in the early days, in, in the pre-photography days, Ben, people used yeah. to look at the planets. And they used to look at them through telescopes. Right. And as telescopes got more and more powerful, people were starting to be able to see the, the planetary disk of Mars. And they could see it wasn't a star. It was a It was a disc; It was a planet. Yeah,
1: okay. It was a big and old thing.
0: A big old thing, but less than half the size of Earth. But a big old thing anyway. And they started to be able to, as as telescopes got better and better, and as eyesight got better and better, that might not be true. They started to be able to resolve some of the the details on Mars by giving it a good old looking at. And they saw that a big old
1: sword, and they were like, "Oh, it is a war planet. <laughs> it is a war planet. It's coming to get us."
0: But um. There was one gentleman in particular, Ben. He was an Italian gentleman, so I'm going to pronounce his name in the Italian style. It oh, was good. Giovanni Schiaparelli. Nice. And he spotted some lines on Mars, Ben, that you might be familiar with. The lines of Mars? Yeah. Well, he he was Italian, Ben, you see, and he, he saw them as channels. Ooh. And as you know, Ben, being bilingual and speaking Italian, the Italian word for channels is canali. Oh, very nice. And when he announced to the world that he had discovered these canali on Mars. People got very excited because that sounds like canals.
1: Yeah, and I'd love to go to holiday on Mars down a canal. Yeah, you know, get in a bloody gondola. Yeah, Mars go. gondola. Yeah, a a Mars
0: gondola. Yeah, exactly. And people were very excited, then to hear about these canals on Mars and that's created the popular idea that Mars was a dying, dusty world whose last surviving inhabitants had built these irrigation channels covering the entire planet. Big old aqueducts, Michael. Can you tell me, Ben, a single depiction of Mars in fiction that isn't about Mars being a dying, dusty world where the people would love would prefer to go to Earth? <laughs>
1: no. That is <laughs> so influential in yeah. Mars pop culture. Yeah, it's so, been the defining thing. It's either a world on the brink, a world gone... Um, yeah, or a world fallen to ruin through hubris,
0: and this discovery of the canals, which Ben are just geographical geological features, they're, mm. they're not, they're not canals. But this discovery led to the whole concept of there might be a civilization there.
1: Yeah, and that's persisted for a bloody long time, Michael.
0: Well, it hasn't. It hasn't been because it gave us the first kind of wave of Martian pop culture. Big old wave. The, the first wave was kind of two-pronged, like a two-pronged fork or a nice. two-tined fork, Ben, or a bident. Um, it was, one, invaders coming from this dusty dying planet to get us. Yeah,
1: they want our stuff.
0: They want our stuff. They're coming to get our stuff. And yeah. two, um, what would life be like on that barbaric, dusty... Canal ridden planet.
1: That was David Bowie's central question in life.
0: Is there life on Mars? That was no. actually
1: surprisingly decent.
0: No, it wasn't. It was awful. Benjamin. So one of the best, one of the earliest, probably the earliest exploration of is there is there such a thing as an advanced alien civilization and is it on Mars? Was the the classic invasion of the Mar- Mars is coming. What's that called? <laughs>
1: it's called War, oh, of, no. the War, War of, the of the Worlds War of the Worlds there we go yes. it went out of my brain because you it made me think about it and I panicked by, H, by HG Wells Ben have you read yeah. it? have you seen it I have I have and on both counts Michael I studied it at university um, fascinating on. fascinating little ditty Michael um, the Martians are a bunch of resource hogs and yep. uh, they're coming here to harvest us up Michael um, and use us for their weird plant crops it's yeah. a it's a whole oh, yeah. thing. It's pretty interesting from a H.G. Wells point of view. It, it's not your traditional, we've come to take over your planet. Why? Because uh, we want to take it over. It's not like that at all. Um, they're resource farming. They're here to get a little bit of ishka. They're here to get a little bit of fertilizer Blood. for the crops. Yeah. Um, and that's what they're doing. They're they're sucking up resources. And now, Michael, that you've told me about the canals of Mars, yeah. um, that makes an awful lot of sense to me. I'm like, because oh. Then they
0: were... They were on their dying planet with their super advanced uh, brains going, oh, let's look at the Earth with our envious eyes.
1: Yeah, they got big old envious eyes, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, then.
0: Um, and, you know, it was from those early days of Mars observing with the first kind of powerful enough telescopes to see features that nearly everything in that era of fiction stems from. For example... For example Ben Another astronomer Not our pal Giovanni He reported seeing A flash of light on Mars Oh what? Almost certainly Didn't happen You know Equipment malfunction Tired Maybe he was a bit drunk But That report of A flash of light on Mars Is what inspires the opening Of the the novel The War of the Worlds Where Where the The astronomer The astronomer Ogilvy, Ogilvy Ogilvy Oh yeah I
1: can never get it right
0: Uh, sees uh, 10 days of strange green flashes on Mars.
1: Yeah, and then they're like, oh, what's this?
0: Yeah, well, and then he says, Ben, the chances of anything coming from Mars are a million to one. Well, guess what? still, they come. (laughs) <laughs>
1: well guess what? They come, um, yeah, so Michael, you've put yourself through a strange and wicked punishment. Do you want to explain to the listeners what that was about um,
0: there? That was uh, I've I've I, it wasn't a strange and wicked punishment, Ben. The War of the Worlds. The musical rock opera of The War of the Worlds by Jeff Wayne is my favorite piece of musical literature mashup. It's not a musical, per se. It's a okay. rock opera, Ben. Okay. And it is brilliant. And I listen to it once a year. There was a, an original version with Richard Burton, who yes. you might be familiar with. <laughs> yeah. And he was very good. And then they remade it with Liam Neeson, who you might also be familiar what? with. What? And they are both brilliant interpretations of the story. They're not the book flat out. They are adaptations. Okay. Um, But, Ben, if you haven't cried... At the death of an ironclad battleship, then you haven't lived. Okay. Yeah, there's a song in it called "Thunder Child," Ben, about the HMS Thunderchild. Oh yeah. Which is a British ironclad that, in the book, attacks the Martians in the 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 Channel, the British Channel. The French that wasn't very channel, smart, was called. it? But in the in the in the musical theatre, it attacks them in a river, I think. Um. And tries to, you know, it attacks five tripods to buy time for survivors to get away. Great. And there's this hugely triumphant song about it. here comes the thunder child, look at its guns, it's going to win, and then it loses, and it's the saddest piece of fiction you'll ever hear.
1: Oh, I'll have to give that a listen. Does Liam Neeson sing it? No. Oh. Who it sings it? It would be it? great if you did.
0: I don't know, actually, who sings it. Oh, okay. I should have checked that. i have to though. find that I, out. Ben, do you have any other Martian stories to talk about from that era of Martian?
1: Well, it's interesting, Michael, that you mentioned some bloody, some bloody barbarity, Michael. Because yeah. a little what? while after that, Edgar Rice Burroughs, famous for Tarzan, fame, Michael yeah. was like, ah, oh, do you know what Mars War? Yeah, I can work with that. Um, what if Mars was once a great planet that was unified and everybody got on just grand? But what if something horrible happened and they lost all their resources and they splintered mm. through ideological and political divides and ended yeah. up in different factions and were always having a go at each other? Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. 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 And then what if. Yeah. What if. Yeah. A bloody. Uh, oh, hang on. A civilized Earth man. What if, a, what if a civilized Earth man who fought for the Confederacy yeah. decided to come up from Virginia? And uh, that won't be awkward in about no. 100 years. Yeah, um, that won't that won't rub people the wrong way. We won't make a movie out of that with Taylor Kitsch and have it weirdly glossed over, even though it's a fairly central point in the book where he goes on about his Confederate code of honor all the time. Um, but they do that, Michael. That's what they do. <laughs> That's what they do, but. Yeah, so this is of course John Carter of Mars. Yes. Um John Carter the Confederate <laughs> Yes Uh discovers in a Native American cave. Ben.
0: Go on. Do you think if he was alive today he would have been very excited about uh, the latest episode of
1: WandaVision? <laughs> and Vision's new white powers. He probably follows Gina Carano on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> if he's alive today, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Gina Carano's a
0: racist. Let's get that out there. I know. I do not think she's a racist. I
1: know. But John Carter probably thinks she's a strong woman yeah, right, with yeah. with good values. He probably does um, marry her. Take <laughs> he probably marry her when he gets Deja Taurus. So um, this is this is kind of the trope that launched a thousand ships, Michael. Um, I I would argue that Star Wars. Um, Jab of the Hutt Cycle, Slave Leia, heavily inspired by John Carter of Mars, the of course, idea of a yeah, desert of planet with warring factions and things like that, and a big old bikini clad kind of heroine. Yeah. Um of course in the so Hutt, and she's in the nude. She's in the she's in the nip, Michael. Yeah. She's in the nip. Totally um, in the nip. and because Martians don't see a need for clothes. So why would you why would you be wearing kit? Yeah. Why would you be wearing kit? It's very cold there. <laughs> So maybe It that's depends what. on which part of the planet you go to, Michael. Some of it's a desert. Almost yeah. all of it's a big, warm desert.
0: No, no, it's not warm. It's still cold. Mars is a cold, pen.
1: Yeah, in real life, but not in John Carter yeah. with Mars, Michael.
0: Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, Just you see, it's a big
1: old, it's big old dusty dust bowl. Um, see, people see dust, Michael, and they're like, oh, desert, hot. Desert's warm, yeah. Hot. <laughs> um, And people like Edgar Rice Burroughs, Michael, may not have done... A mountain of research into oh, the actual climate of Mars. Well, then, um,
0: he couldn't have been. They didn't know back then.
1: Well, they knew they had some really nice canals, Michael. Um, did,
0: did they even at that stage? Did he be
1: before or after? I think he might have been. I think they're... I'm almost certain H.G. Wells is first, but I'm going to check that. Um, okay. they They could be contemporaries. Hang on. Let me okay. see, Michael. Uh, so you spin your wheels because we've covered John Carter before. It is, in fact, the favorite film of one at Podcast Wanker. Um, he loves it. And yeah, you spin your wheels there for a second.
0: Yeah. So yeah, the the whole thing, Ben. Those canals, they they turned out to be not real. They didn't even exist, right? Oh. Yeah, optical illusion essentially, Ben. Uh, maybe of the human eyeball or of the of the of the imaging uh, telescopes of, of the time. So. The next kind of great leap in Martian depictions in pop culture came in the 1960s. The 60s? The, the 1960s. And something something really revolutionary happened in the 1960s, Ben. And what, what happened was Mariner 4, or as you call it, Mariner 4, <laughs> reached Mars.
1: I would call it Mariner 4.
0: You would. And you would say Mariner 4 reached Mars. And... Um, When Mariner 4 reached Mars, Ben, it took some photos and it saw that not only were there no canals. Oh, man. But also there were no structures whatsoever. It was a flat, lifeless, red, dusty desert covering the entire planet.
1: Was it warm? No,
0: Ben. Cold. Very cold.
1: Okay, so it's been cold since around the 1960s then.
0: Let's go with that. Yeah, let's go Ah, with that because
1: I don't want to explain it anymore.
0: And it has been a very tenuous and dusty atmosphere. And, you know, you couldn't live outside on Mars. And to us, Ben, these days, Mm -hmm. that all seems so obvious. Yeah. But in the 60s, that was That They were the first ever images sent back from deep space of another planet. Yeah, big deal. And to see that Mars was essentially like a red version of the moon... Mm. Like it did have a bit of an atmosphere. What but, a big deal. Uh, yeah, like actual images of Mars came back, Ben. And we discovered that, for example, the planet wasn't covered in dense red vegetation, as H.G. Wells had speculated.
1: Yes, that we needed blood and for.
0: That they, Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't covered in canals and structures of some ancient or long dead civilization. It was just a dusty dust bowl. Yeah, just a big old duster. Exactly, Ben. And that's when the Mars narrative started to switch from ancient dusty civilizations on Mars who might be coming to get us Mm -hmm. to what will it be like in the future when we get to Mars?
1: Elon Musk's wet dream, yes.
0: Exactly, Ben.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, I mean, the... The entire narrative of Mars then changes to what is it going to be like when humans get there? How are we going to um how are we going to colonize it? What technology are we going to use to colonize it? What will life and civilization be like on mars? jetpacks jetpacks ben bubble domes, oh yeah, uh, full body spacesuits so you can oh, go and yeah. walk outside and very interestingly. This is when the stories start where people start seeing a parallel to the USA. (laughs) So Mm. Mars starts. It's a big war planet, is it? Yeah. (laughs) That's when Mars starts bombing Syria. (laughs) 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 No, 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 sorry. Not Syria, Iranian backed facilities in Syria. That's a very important (laughs) distinction. So, anyway, (laughs) welcome, Michael. Welcome to Michael and Benjamin's blacklisted political podcast. Wokecast. Yeah, so Benjamin, (laughs) that's when Mars starts filling in for the US in fiction. And people see it as it's going to happen what happened with the US and Europe. So Earthers, people from Earth are going to go to Mars Mm -hmm. and it's going to spend a couple of generations as a wild, wild west. Fair. And then as it develops its own culture and personality, there will almost inevitably be... A resistance or rebellion movement yeah. and then a war for independence and then yeah. the establishment of Mars as a new superpower. Yeah. And that trope is everywhere in Mars fiction post the 60s, post the there's nothing there discovery.
1: Yeah, because we had to fill it up with new stuff.
0: Exactly. And the new stuff we chose to fill it up with was us.
1: Yeah, what? How disappointing! I know. Um, so, I'm always disappointed when humans are the. <laughs> the it the was thing. humans like, all along. <laughs> I knew it was. Yeah, humans. so that kind of became a, a big thing, Michael. There was a really interesting article published in in response to the new rover landing by a futurologist. He's like, it's really strange that the '60s image Did you of say Mars. Futurologist. Yeah, you know that bullshit profession that they write Is that not like futurist. Is it a futurist? I'm going to call him a futurologist. A,
0: future, a futurologist sounds like they would both do that and mix cocktails.
1: They do. Don't and he'd think.
0: be like, I'm making you a margarita, but you know in a hundred years a fucking robot will be doing this.
1: <laughs> he's chronically depressed because he's very aware of how obsolete his profession is. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think we should write a comic about a depressed futurologist. Bartender. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, anyway, uh, Michael, he wrote a really interesting article on how Mars is not, you know, doable as a habitable planet. Like, no, it sucks, Ben. Um, it sucks. And he's like, it's really interesting that people like Elon Musk keep going on about how he's going to send people to Mars. And he's like, to do what? Yeah, what why? are you going to do on Mars? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to do. There's nothing yeah. to be saved. There's nothing no to be... No PlayStation, Michael. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting. But that's where that comes from in the 60s. I did not know that, Michael. That's that's very interesting. And now that you've highlighted it. It's hard um, not to see everywhere.
0: Like, Ben, this isn't going to be good content, but I'm just going to give you a list. Off the top of my head, I'm not reading this from Wikipedia or anything, Go on. but of things where the story is humans living in their mad bubbles on Mars and... The trials and tribulations of that. The Jetsons. <laughs> Total Recall, Ben. Yeah! Total Recall is a classic Mars. So, you know, it's a in, it's a Wild West situation. But they're that, starting to strive for independence.
1: Yeah, so that's even interesting in another point of view because that has kind of an Australia penal colony narrative to it as well, doesn't it? All the kind of yeah, dregs yeah. of society yeah. get sent up to to Mars. That's where they get yeah. to go. They because get it's off a kind of lawless
0: planet. frontier. Yeah, Blade Runner as well, Michael, of course. Blade Runner as well. Yeah, um, yeah. so many Martian uh, so the 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 interesting one for me, Ben, was the 19 the 2001 film, John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars.
1: Ah, oh, Michael, now this this is this is niche Mars content because this is where the <laughs> 80s trope brought on by Doom Yes. Uh, manifests itself and combines with other things. So we have demons on Mars, which becomes a bizarre trope that sticks around for quite a bit, and we'll get to that in a second. Well, and hold on, have- I'm just—I'm
0: gonna, going gonna, I'm gonna to cut across you. Sorry. Um, they're not demons, though; they're aliens, and that's kind of the next step. The next step in Mars literature is okay. There's nothing on Mars, so we go to Mars. We colonize Mars. Oh, shit, there was something on Mars. Oh, never mind. <laughs> we were wrong the whole time. <laughs> oh, sorry, go on. John Carpenter, um, Ghost of Mars. But
1: yeah, so go- Ghost of Mars is that perfect kind of fusion of everything we've just talked about, Michael, because it's like a prison planet. Yeah. You know, with with frontier elements like a mine and things yeah. like that. People are trying to do little... Uh, trains. Oh, trains. LL Cool J... No, LL- Ice Cube. <laughs> it's Ice Cube. So, LL Michael, Cube. my favorite thing about um, Ghost of Mars is that they have a fairly... Decent, like, who's who cast at the beginning. Amazing. Like, Amazing. They have they have Ice Cube, yeah. who is arguably one of the biggest, you know, he was one of the biggest names. Especially, you know, he's become a relatively popular actor in he his has, time. He has, been,
0: But I would argue that he is not good in this.
1: No, he's not. None of them are. That's the most interesting part. Jason Statham still has hair. You're kind of... Your
0: favourite actor and mine Ben, Jason Statesman He kind of has hair
1: Yeah he uses Keeps, today's sponsor for the (laughs) episode They had a
0: 90s prototype Charlize Theron, Natasha Henstridge Yeah
1: So they have like a who's who of late 90s action people Yeah And they all phone it in
0: Well okay hold on a second Are you aware of the background of this?
1: So John John Carpenter noted horror cult horror sensation John Carpenter um yeah. I think it, this is kind of his vanity project isn't it Michael where he kind of cannibalizes his own filmography Right exactly no not
0: really this Ben the the great twist of this film is it was supposed to be Snake Plissken 3
1: Oh yeah 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 so escape, from <laughs> escape from Mars It was supposed to
0: be escape from Mars And the studio said, no, we're not having any more Snake Plissken. Get rid of him. Replace Snake Snake Plissken with Desolation Jones. Desolation Williams, I think you'll find. Is it Desolation Williams? (laughs) One of the best names of all time. (laughs) They cast young Jason Statesman as Desolation Williams. No! And then the studio insisted on replacing him with up-and-coming rap superstar Ice Cube. That's brilliant. And they didn't sack Jason Statesman. They wrote him a new character brilliant yeah it's it's fucking it's an incredible film but one of the best things about it is the setting of when when I watched this Ben I think I might have misunderstood it I thought it was set in 2024 okay but uh, Wikipedia says 2240 but okay. I'm pretty sure it's 2024 either way a bit ambitious I think because yeah. they pretty much terraformed Mars
1: yeah they're walking around with no suits Michael
0: yeah walking around with no suits uh, walking around in the atmosphere, and this one is pure one hundred percent. This could have been a western.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: This is Mars filling in for the Wild Wild West.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll use Mars and we'll make it a bit spooky.
0: Yeah, and but I mean there are plenty of Wild Wild West ghost stories. This is a this is a story about a haunted mine. Yeah, yeah. In the Wild Wild West. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Transferred to Mars. There's an outlaw. Weird throwaway Yeah, there's an outlaw, there's the a marshals. sheriff. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's bad. there's a there's a train, there's a ghost train. 310 to Yuma. Yeah, it's <laughs> a, it's a ghost thing. train. This is a ghost train film which happens for some reason on Mars in a very poorly uh, explored matriarchy. Yeah. So Martian culture is starting to diverge from Earth culture in this movie.
1: Yeah, matriarchy, Pam Green. They have a
0: matriarchy, lesbianism <laughs> seems to be the norm. Ah yeah, good and stuff. The kind of disrespecting of men except sexy, sexy Jason Statesman, who in one of the best moments of the film, hounds Charlize Theron relentlessly to have sex with him and then pulls the ultimate creeper move of leading her into a back room and closing the door behind him and she just goes yeah all right then, come on <laughs> <laughs> quickly now quickly now <laughs> what a terrible message but yeah. um yeah but it does follow that trope then of the the other kind of mars trope of but there was stuff there the whole time and we've let it out of this small and cheap box
1: yeah it's like two different movies happening at the same time um like there's there's the haunted element of it, the the Native American Indian burial ground yeah. angle of traditional American horror, and then there's the weird cop sci-fi film that's happening yeah. at the same time. All of which culminates, Michael, in that that kind of gauntlet run where Ice Cube hefts two Uzis and says, <laughs> "We're doing what we should have done from the beginning," <laughs> and he runs. <laughs> And he takes on an entire mining village. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's brilliant.
1: Just charging down the middle, just swinging the, the Uzis around. And, yeah. oh, man. There are some amazing jump cuts, Michael, where Jason Statesman is asked for a grenade. He says, grenade. And he throws it. There's a pause in the cut. So it no, just ben, hangs uh, in blackness for a half a second. I've,
0: is is there any chance you've watched this on YouTube? Yes. Yes, there's a butchered edit of this on oh, YouTube. Oh, damn it. Uh which ha- which does that to um to avoid being copyright struck. Damn it, never mind. Yeah, no. There is a much better cut. The actual film is actually very well edited and very well oh, put together. All right,
1: never mind then. And
0: the the action scenes are great and um the the it the goes along with the beats of the unnecessary hard rock background music.
1: Yeah, I've I've watched Okay, I've watched a butchered cut. Yeah, potentially you've watched a budget cut,
0: but yeah, it's weird. It's a weird film, but I quite enjoyed it. To be honest with you, there are um, there are the horror elements of it. the The mutilation and the body swapping are very pinhead. They all yeah. end up looking like um, like cenobites. Yeah, they all the, look a bit Clive Barker by the end.
1: Very odd. The the big daddy character, I think, is is the is big daddy. What's his name?
0: Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't Something think daddy. Get a
1: name. So No it's something daddy It's it's weird But he's like Gene Simmons And Pinhead had a baby And then yeah, A huge they,
0: muscular baby
1: But they made such an interesting choice Michael That you can't understand A word out of his mouth They give him dialogue But he has these big fake teeth Like lodged in his mouth So all you hear is <laughs> ra rah rah.
0: Yeah and Speaking it, ancient Martian My oh. favourite character Ben Is the lady who's made a bra Out of two per- persons Two <laughs> severed hands That is absolutely brilliant Anyway Don't. Look I watched another film from this era, Ben. Go on. Uh, I watched 2000's Mission to Mars. I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen it? Have I you?
1: haven't seen it.
0: 2000's Mission to Mars, Ben, stars your favourite actor and mine, Gary Sinuses. Oh, um, nice. And a, a comically young um, Gina, Garan- Gina Garano, not Gina um <laughs> what's the name? Don Cheadle. No. A comically young Don Cheadle. Um, and Tim Robbins. And they are doing the first ever manned mission to Mars. Get out of town. And this film is by Brian. Your favourite director, Ben, Brian De Palma. Oh, I love Brian De Palma. You love him. You're mad for Brian De Palma. It's, It's good. It's a good film. But it's so tonally all over the place. It's bizarre. It is from the beginning of the modern period of Mars stuff. Okay. So it's about our first attempt to get to Mars. Okay, and then bizarrely doesn't show it. So we oh. have a party. It has a, we have a party where you know all of the characters are talking about this mission to Mars and how they've been working their whole life to it. Then a jump cut, and Don Cheadle's on Mars. What? Yeah, it's weird. It's absolutely bizarre. That is and, weird.
1: I feel like the cutting room floor has a lot of footage
0: yeah 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 Um, well because Ben Don Cheadle's character has to have a disaster on Mars you see they accidentally trigger some sort of horrible monstrosity oh not a monstrosity Michael (laughs) exactly Ben and then the other characters have to get (laughs) to Mars to rescue Don Cheadle
1: this is this is the Martian with more sci-fi elements. Matt Damon and played that, this film without the monster. <laughs> that years is the later.
0: absolute mad thing about this because it's a sandstorm that kills them, and he's the only survivor. And he buries the survivors, and they're like looking <laughs> from they're looking from the satellites, and they're seeing like there's activity, so we know he's alive. Amazing he graves. But the really bizarre thing about it is uh, spoilers, obviously, for Mission Tomorrow's here. They rescued Don Cheadle. They they go into the greenhouse where he's managed to grow food for himself for a year. Oh, yeah. And they go in and they find this dishevelled Don Cheadle. And he's got big bushy hair and a big bushy beard. A big
1: bushy beard.
0: Him. A great big bushy beard. <laughs> like me, Brian... Bla- no, it's not Brian Blessed. Not it's Brian Blessed. It's from uh, that film. Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. So they go in and they restrain him and they calm him down. That's good. And then they say... Has he gone mad? Has he gone mad from some sort of brain asphyxia, Natasha Henstridge? And she goes, I'm not Natasha Henstridge. I'm Connie Nielsen, Mick. You've watched these two films too closely together and you've got mixed up. (laughs) But has Don Cheadle gone mad? And they go, well, maybe he hasn't gone mad. Maybe this is just a normal reaction to someone who spends an entire year alone on Mars, desperately trying to survive. Then in the next scene, he's had a shave and a haircut and he's grand.
1: Oh, good. It's just grooming habits that keep sanity intact.
0: The whole time you're watching it you're thinking well that would have been an interesting film that would have been a very interesting film that I would like to have seen
1: Trying to restore the humanity of Don Cheadle in space No!
0: Don Cheadle surviving on his own in space for a year Oh you mean they
1: cut again
0: We never see Don Cheadle surviving on his own in Mars What? Yeah it's bizarre So anyway Ben the whole thing turns out to be Have you ever seen the face on Mars Ben?
1: No no, I the haven't. famous
0: image sent back from satellites of oh, uh, a face like object on Mars. I should look it up. Look it up, Ben. It's a very famous image. And once again, exactly like the Canale from the late 1800s, turned out to be an optical illusion. Yeah, yeah, classic. Classic. But in this, Ben, the face on Mars is a vast ancient hmm. alien structure. That's the face on Mars. Oh, look at yeah. that. You see it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, there it is. It's the same thing again. It's the same kind of steps in Mars in pop culture. People see see something on Mars. Some images come back and people start to speculate about it and write science fiction.
1: Yeah, because so that's what they do. They take a the little grain of inspiration and be like, what if there was a giant face on Mars? What would that be like?
0: Yeah, yeah what yeah. would that be like? And what would happen? And would we meet the Martians? And would they look like cheap CGI from the 1990s? Don Gita probably, would go mad to tell you that much. <laughs> probably. Benjamin. Are there any films about John Cheatle's experience on Mars that are good?
1: Yeah, there's The Martian with Matt Damon. Matt Damon, uh, famously, Michael, did his method acting after uh, the film where he decided to practice extreme isolation. He stuck himself in Dalky here in Dublin for a year. Very good. Um, good. um, And that was a controversial move, but it seemed to have paid off because that film um, features Matt Damon in a role that is absolutely charming, Michael, to a level where I would not have thought possible... From Matt Damon. He's very intensely likeable.
0: Isn't that um, the whole shtick of Matt Damon?
1: Is it? Yeah, I wouldn't I think so. have thought so.
0: No, I think it is.
1: He's never struck me as a very likeable, charismatic man. He struck oh. me as a perfectly excellent, serviceable actor who's able to deliver certain roles. But always slightly... Uh, sp- speaking of Matt Damon, do you know what I found out today, Michael? Sorry, this is apropos <laughs> nothing. And it's completely derailing the conversation. Dogma... The film with Kevin Smith starring Ben Affleck and Matt Damon as angels is no longer produced in physical copy format or available on any streaming service.
0: Yeah, the only way to get Dogma is to have a DVD copy like I do. I do as well.
1: Legally. Maybe they'll be worth money someday. Probably not. But, you know, that'd be mad. Anyway, sorry. Matt Damon um, plays um, an astronaut on the first manned mission to to Mars. The first attempt to to live on Mars is this? Is that what it is? I can't. Remember.
0: Well, I, I can't remember exactly why they're there, but it's yeah, early Mars colonization efforts or experiments. Similar but idea. Bloody sandstorm.
1: And then I guess it's like Castaway in space, and Tom Hanks was a bit old and didn't want to do another space movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's that kind of idea, and then we get to see like very charming montages of him slowly going. It's it's like movie mad, where he talks to himself. Sometimes you're like, oh, he's slipping. It's not like, oh, this is uncomfortable this is a man lost in his own mind Um, there's potato jokes there's Vicodin jokes um, sometimes he mixes potatoes with Vicodin um, and it's it's an oddly enjoyable film despite the fact that you would think that's very boring Um, and maybe that's what inspired Brian De Palma to cut that out
0: or maybe never even filmed it.
1: Or maybe never even filmed it. We'll never
0: know, Michael. <laughs> yeah, we just saw the end result of it with Don Cheadle. I would have loved to see Don Cheadle that's doing so interesting uh, The Martian 20 years earlier. That's so interesting. Benjamin, we have barely even touched on the what happens when Mars breaks away and becomes its own civilization.
1: Oh, uh, that's a whole trope in itself, Michael. That's a whole and trope wh- in itself. What a trope it is. Um, I mean,
0: you've got The Expanse.
1: Oh, The Expanse, Michael. What a show.
0: Um, Ben, do you remember the UN, Have are you, are you in season five of... No, Expanse don't spoil, yet? no spoilers. Okay, I'll, I'll take my earphones anything.
1: out and you can have a chat there quickly. No, no, no,
0: it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I won't okay, done, no spoilers. But there's, a, there's an actor in common between The Expanse and um, Mission to Mars. Oh, excellent. In, in just a small role, but it's funny. Um, we haven't talked about, yeah, what happens when Mars breaks away and becomes its own independent civilization. Uh, the Expanse, that's a massive driving pl- plot point of The Expanse. It's a huge part of the Warhammer lore... Yeah um, The separation And later reunification Of Earth and Mars Like it's It's, it's ripe Ben For storytelling picking Gold Gold yeah, but, Michael But look we've already Well over an hour today Gold
1: We're over an hour Michael So we're going to have to hold off But we will be doing A Mars Part 2 um, Planet Beogado. Um We'll definitely be having A little bit of that Michael um, And that'll be That'll be awfully good Yeah we can do it in March um, Ladies and gentlemen Please Oh yeah Because that's Oh look at you Look at you oh. Ben the first plan. of March.
0: This episode comes out on the first of March. Yes!
1: <laughs> yes! Uh, We've well, done it. Well let's do it now, Michael, and let's say that the final episode of March will be March will be Mars Part two then. Just right, to okay. hold ourselves accountable, Michael, because we Mars often plan part twos and we never really get around to them. Alright, um, okay, we'll do more Mars. So what would you like to hear talked about in Mars episode two? Um, ladies mm. and gentlemen you can get in touch with us in lots of different ways you can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabeug.com s-e-o-m-r-a-b-e-a-g dot com
0: means tiny Roman Irish
1: does indeed you can find us on bloody Instagram where we post lots of interesting little content and tidbits and explainers for different pop culture phenomena that's Sean as well same spelling same meaning yeah nice um, and then ladies and gentlemen um, if you want to join us next week we'll be talking about where, what, what, what's, what's the deal with sidekicks
0: who needs them
1: who needs them sidekicks what are they good for I think we just found the name for the episode this week that's handy very good Um, yeah so um, yeah that's what we'll be taking a look at next week so send us in your favourite sidekicks um, what you think they add to a storyline and send us in more importantly your least favourite sidekicks and what you think they took away from a character that's what I want to know send them in so please send them in to us and we'll have a chat about them next week that's it from us this week ladies and gentlemen y'all look after yourself now bye bye The chances
0: of anything coming from Mars Were a million to one
1: But still they come Beautiful, beautiful Liam Neeson, eat your heart out
0: He he doesn't sing that bit